Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you all for joining us today. You know, it is kind of a gloomy day outside and we're expecting some rain that we need. And uh, I was just contemplating on the drive over here. I was listening to a radio station that had Hark the Herald Angel on it. And I was thinking about the fact that this time of year can be just the most wonderful time of the year because we can celebrate the birth of Christ regardless of what that date was. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and our Savior if, in fact, we're in Christ Jesus. And so if this time of year finds you by yourself and you're lonely and you're hurting and you're those type of things, if you are in Christ Jesus, remember that you are never alone. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so we know that he is with us. The other part of that is this is a temporary situation that believers are going through. I have often said that if you go to San Diego or some other place and you check into the Holiday Inn Express, you don't then go down to the furniture store and decorate your hotel room with everything that you want because it's not your house. You don't live there. Well, God doesn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a nice car, a nice house, all those type of things. And we all hope that we have those things. The reality is, though, if you're in Christ Jesus, you're a vapor that's moving through this. You're a sojourner going through a foreign land, and this is really truthfully not your home. So my suggestion to young couples when they talk to me or anybody is, yes, plan and save and do all those things as if you're going to be here for 100 years, but, but live your life as if Christ is coming today. Because we never know when he's coming, and we want to be prepared for the day that he comes. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. But regardless of that, if you're a believer, do you want to be found doing something you ought not do as the Lord comes in? I don't think so. And so every moment we know is just a a gift of God that we're here And we have a job to do. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are saved unto good works. You're not just saved to, okay, now I don't have to go to hell, and now I can be uh, all those things. I can do this, and and now I just got a a free get-out-of-hell-free card. That's not what the gospel is about. It's not what salvation is about. We were created to worship God. We were created to serve him. And uh, that's why you've heard me say on the air before, when many people translate that word doulos to meaning bondservant, that is not how it's, it's translated. It's translated slave. But we are the only slaves that the slave master gave up his life for. And so uh, we don't serve God because we want to make sure the scales are balanced. We serve God because we are saved, and we love God. And so if you're lonely today and you're a believer, then you need to be in your word, on your knees, and in a good, healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church. Don't forget, and I'm really saying this because I know how hard the holidays can be, 
But I'm just saying that, you know, you don't want to go to church and just sit in a pew. You want to go to church and become part of the family of God at that local assembly. We're told to not forsake the assembling one with another. And so it's more than just something we're told to do. It's something that we're all we're told to do, but it's also for our own good and for our own spiritual well-being. So today I have a young man on here whose father was on here, Micah Jarvis. And I'm going to let him say hello in a minute, but I wanted to also preface, preface this to you that I had, uh, I had a young man on about a year ago who was going to ask a young woman to marry him. And we did the radio show, and we held off the radio show until, until uh, he actually went and asked her because he came all the way up here to ask her parents if he could have her hand. Very cool. And uh, the reason I'm pointing that out is when you look at Micah, when you look at this young couple, Sometimes older folks have a tendency to think that we're the last in the, in the line of Christians. All the rest are just abandoning it. And I can tell you from a young missionary I know and her whole group who are in their 20s who are going to a foreign country for years, to Micah, to, to uh, Michelle and Jake, who I had on the air and will be coming back on. They've been married for about seven or eight months now. I want us to be encouraged because there is a new wave, a new generation of believers that uh, are every bit as dedicated as the ones that came before them. I mean, the young woman that I was talking about who's a missionary, I mean, she's got everything going her. She's well-educated. She's beautiful. She's all those things. And yet she is going to a foreign country to be a missionary because she loves Christ. And I got to tell you, uh, her dedication to that makes me feel ashamed at my dedication. So I think that's another thing to be encouraged about. So, Micah, uh, first of all, why don't you tell me how you wound up coming to the mission to begin with and tell them who you are. Yeah, so it's uh, great to be on the show. Uh, it's an honor. Um, my name is Micah, like uh, Pastor Tim said. And I kind of started uh, coming to UGM. Um, I think the first day I came was when— um, my dad, who's been on it, uh, Jason Jarvis, he was preaching at a uh, chapel service um, the one of the weekdays, um, and that's where I first came to the mission and met Jeremy and met the met the staff or the staff that were there. And uh, Jeremy just I met Jeremy and uh, he he told me that uh, it would be cool if I came, you know, and volunteered, uh, maybe became an intern. And so um, I I said that would be pretty cool, and so I. I started interning for Jeremy, and that's kind of how I started uh, at the mission. And then finally, um, or eventually, I just kept interning with him, and then um, I got offered a job from the development department. That's right. And um, and yeah, that was that was really cool, uh, just to get a job with the development. Um, Jeremy wasn't too happy about that, but <laughs> you well, know. you know, we're we're we'll keep paying him, okay. and that'll <laughs> you know that'll probably ease the pain. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, no, and, it, and then and, now he steals me from you guys. And yes, he does. Yeah. He does. Uh, so, what is the name of your dad's church? Uh, so Calvary Grace, and we're located. And in you Orangeville. go there as well. Yes, I'm a member. And matter of fact, I interviewed your sister for a position. Yes, uh, yeah. before you, mm-hmm. and uh, so that you know, I've met 
not his whole family, but I've met uh, two sisters mm-hmm. and and him, and it's a great family. And and so, you are also in the Army Reserves, are yes, you not? That is correct. Yeah. Cool. So, how long have you been doing that? Uh, so I enlisted in uh, at the end of 2019, uh, but due to COVID, I didn't actually end up leaving to basic until uh, the same month in 2020, uh, and then finished all my training in uh, January or in April, I think, of 2022. Uh, so I've been in technically since 2019. I think the interest, one of the interesting things about uh, about Micah is the fact, like I said, he's of the new wave or the new younger people coming behind. Not a new wave, not different in the respect of their dedication to Christ, but every bit as dedicated as those that have come before. And uh, I think that, you know, his service to the country, that's admirable. I think one of the things that's a little bit unusual, usually when a a young man is in seminary, his goal is to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's usually how it goes. Most of the people that I've known, their churches saw in them something that they thought God was calling, Mm -hmm. and then seminary happened. And uh, But you had a little different perspective. You went into seminary with kind of a different goal in mind, right? Yeah. And what would that be? Yeah, so I just, um, I loved my church, and I just wanted to serve my church uh, better. And uh, the way I saw I could do that was through discipleship, just meeting guys Amen. one-on-one, going through the Bible with them. Um, and I saw that uh, I just wanted to be able to do that better. And so I, I enrolled in some classes at uh, the Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary, and, uh, and just classes that I thought would be fun and classes of teachers I knew, uh, like Tony Ahrens. Yeah. Um, he, he was my first professor. Um, I took hermeneutics, which is really uh, foundational. Um, and so... Uh, so do you want to explain to them what hermeneutics is? And... Yeah. Yeah. So good question. The her- hermeneutics is uh, the rules in which we use to interpret the Bible. Mm-hmm. So like context, that's, that's a rule we use. We sometimes define a word based on its context. Um, authorial intent, right? That's uh, that's something we keep in mind as we're reading a book: is who wrote this, and what did he write? Who did he write it for? And that's important uh, in in order to determine the meaning of the text. And so that's kind of the whole purpose of hermeneutics: is to be able to determine the the author's meaning when he wrote it, so that we can rightly apply it for today. Yeah. Sometimes the only reason I said that is sometimes people are not familiar yeah. with the terms. Just like when we use the term exegesis, mm-hmm, that. Yeah. People hear the Jesus part yeah. and don't realize that's not what we're talking yeah, about. Exactly. We're talking about pulling the meaning yes. out of the yeah. scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are just little things that, you know, you probably haven't heard if you're going along. But yeah. Yeah. these things are extremely important. We need to know how to pull the word of God out. We need to understand how to interpret the word of God. And we need to understand not to take a text out of context mm-hmm. and make a pretext out yeah, of it. Exactly. So when you're preaching the Bible, when you're teaching the Bible, whatever you're doing, uh, Jason, myself, the rest of the people there are, are firmly convinced that what you need to do is you need to take, and you need to take it line by line. Mm-hmm. You need to teach it line by line, but not just one line and build your own little uh, web around mm-hmm. it. What does the Bible say about it? What do other scriptures tie in? Mm-hmm. What has the historic church always found these things to be? Mm-hmm. And so when you look back at those things, I heard one guy say, I'm, 
I don't know if it was John MacArthur, somebody anyway, mm-hmm. had said, if you come up with something brand new in the Bible yeah. and nobody has ever taught it that way before, you're probably wrong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So your intent is to study the Word of God, find out how to bring out the meaning, and the purpose of you doing that is? Um, well, yeah, so that's kind of the so what of preaching, right? Why mm-hmm. Why do we care what this mm-hmm. means? Yeah. And uh, I think it goes back to, you know, Second Timothy. Scripture is sufficient for our lives, right? And yes. even today, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the Bible's so old, it, it's out of date, <laughs> yeah. right? But, but Scripture, even though it was written long ago, right, it still applies to us today because uh, God is, you know, still still working. And uh, he uses his word to do that. And he uh, has spoken to us through his word and through his son. And so that, that means something today. And so a- a- every book of the Bible is is helpful for every Christians book. today. Mm-hmm. You know, and to your point, when people say that, and I hear, I've heard it yeah. a million times, you know, well, a book is, oh, it, it, and it's got errors, it's got all that kind of stuff. My first question to people that say that is, could you show me where those yeah. errors are? Because most people have never read the Bible. When they say those things, they've only heard them. Yeah. The other part of that is the human condition uh, changes maybe from an outward point of view, but the human heart is the same wicked human heart. And I'm not trying to sound like some old Puritan guy, although I like the old Puritans. Yeah. Yeah, but the bottom line is, that the same things that you're feeling today, they felt 2,000, 3,000, 6,000 years ago. We all have lusts. We all have greed. We all have envy. We all have malice. We all have those things. And so when you say the Bible doesn't address a more modern perspective, my question is, in what way does it not? I mean, if you read the story of David and Bathsheba, mm-hmm. if you read uh, the the kings of Israel, if you read about the, the greed, uh, you read about Nebuchadnezzar, you read about all these different things, and show me how the world has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. And so if, if the human heart is still the same as it used to be, mm-hmm. then the answers are still going to be the same, right? Yeah. yeah. And what is that answer? Yeah, that God, you know, is working, you know, as Ezekiel says, right, God is going to give us a new heart and That's right. make us a new person, right? Because that, that, that old heart is uh, just as bad as as we see in Judges, right? Or or all the times Israel, you know, is going and being unfaithful to God, right? God still is bringing them back, right? And even as we today, you know, we often, uh, you know, uh, indulge in sins that, you know, you wouldn't think a, a person of God would do. But yet, yeah, God is faithful to us, even even though we do we that. are unfaithful. Exactly. Yeah. And and to your point, you know, in ancient Israel, just like when we talk about the the remaining corruption of our flesh that we have to die to self every day, and mm-hmm. and you know, as gruesome as it might sound, <laughs> in ancient Israel, for some kinds of murder, they would tie the corpse of the person around the, mm-hmm. and he had to walk around with this horrible decaying flesh. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same with us. When we come to Christ, we are certainly a new creation. Mm -hmm. You know, all all the old is gone, the new has come, Mm -hmm. and the the sins of our past, present, and future have been wiped away as far as the penalty goes. Mm -hmm. But now in our process of sanctification, Mm -hmm. we have to learn and know how to walk and put to death that 
that corruption, yeah. right? Yeah, I like the way uh, one guy said it. He said, the, the power of sin is gone, but the presence of sin is still with us, right? And so that's why we still, you know, sin, even though uh, it's not what dominates our entire life now. But what is the third part of that? We have been uh, released from uh, from the penalty of sin. Mm-hmm. We still have to fight the presence yes, of sin. Yeah. But in glorification, there will be yeah, no sin. No presence, yeah. And awesome. and we will not live in the presence of sin. We will not be tempted. There will not be those things. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for those people that might be confused about it, you are not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp mm-hmm. if you're one of the redeemed. Mm-hmm. And no matter what heaven looks like on the other side of those gates, uh, there is not going to be weeping, sorrow, boredom, or anything. We will be in the presence of the Lord, and our hearts will rejoice every day. And, you know, I mean, I look at the things that have happened throughout the history, and I can see the wickedness of a person's heart. And you know what? I remember before Christ— all the wickedness that was there that I probably didn't even think was wicked. And and you know what? Even now today, when people say, well, you guys are hypocrites because uh, you, you still have temptation. Yeah, well, temptation doesn't make you a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus was tempted, right? <laughs> In all ways, but yeah. unlike us, yes. he never sinned. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are, there are things that tempt us every day. Mm-hmm. But again, yielding to the temptation, which... Christians sometimes yield to the temptation, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bottom line is you're not going to want to walk in an ever and ongoing uh, sinful attitude towards mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Y- no Christian believer can just say, okay, good, I'm saved, and now I'm going to go indulge the flesh in everything I do, and I'm just going to act just like the world. Because if you're satisfied to act just like the world— you probably are part of the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you are 22 years old. You have temptations, do mm-hmm. you not? Yeah, yeah. And those are things you have to fight, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, my favorite verse uh, for for kind of fighting sin is uh, Hebrews chapter 12, where after the author of Hebrews has just given us so many examples of men who lived by faith, right? All of chapter uh, 11, uh, after showing us, you know, how they lived their life by faith. Then he, uh, in chapter 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, yes. let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And mm-hmm. what I love about that verse, it's not just sins, right? Don't just lay aside sins to run this race, yep. but, ru- but lay aside every weight that clings so closely that will cause you to sin, right? And That's so it's, right. Just, it's just having a great desire that you want to be uh, so much like Christ that you're even going to lay away lay aside things that aren't necessarily sin, but may lead to sin. Yeah, that's just because you have such a desire to, to follow Christ. Yeah, and that can be translated as encumbrances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And encumbrances, uh, think of it this way. You know, this is one of the problems, don't you think, Micah, that uh, people look at sinful behavior and they have a list of things that are sinful, right? Mm-hmm. We know yeah. Yeah. if you do this, 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 and this, these are sins. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, oh, if you commit adultery, yeah. that's sinful. Yeah. We've got all those things down, you know, if you're angry, all those kind of things. But sometimes good things can be sinful, too, Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they become an encumbrance to us, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a a friend of mine said one time that, well, if it's a good thing and it's a godly thing, then I say that's what we should do. And I told him, I said, and that's wrong. Mm -hmm. He said, what do you mean it's wrong? I said, listen, 
It's a good thing and it's a godly thing to be a missionary to a foreign shore. Mm-hmm. But if you're not called to yeah. do it, yeah. it's sinful. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the Bible tells us if you know the good to do and don't do it, that's sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not only those things of commission, but omission yeah. can be sinful too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, Micah, you know, as you go along and you see that the Word of God is living and active mm-hmm. and sharper than a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. And it says to cleave uh, marrow from bone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever take a bone apart, you look, you look and, yeah. you know, how would you do that? Yeah. Well, you couldn't by any normal means, right? Mm-hmm. So you have grown up in the church. Mm-hmm. You have uh, committed your life to Christ. Mm -hmm. So do you still struggle? Yeah, every day. Um, It's still still a fight. Um, But but it's kind of, I love how the song says it. Uh, The things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Right, so more than more than even because the end, uh, other part of that verse of uh, Hebrews 12 says we're to, you know, cast off every weight and sin. But the greatest uh, ability to do that is by what verse 2 says, looking to Jesus, the mm-hmm. founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God. So so yes, casting off sins and weight is important, but if you're not doing it as you're looking to Christ, then that is where uh, you're really going to um, you know, fight sin well, is when you have a sight on Christ, when you're Amen. looking at him. And when you have such a uh, glorious view of him, the things of this world are going to grow dim, and you're not going to want to do them. That's right. And the temptation is, is, is even going to go away at times because you have such a better thing in Christ uh, than, uh, than your sin. Well, that's, that's actually perfectly put because that is it. You know, the whole put off and put on mm-hmm. thing yeah. that we talk about is as you put your sins off and you put on the mantle of Christ— then you find that, as you said, that those things become dim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that, with that growing uh, desire to follow God comes power to overcome sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, and we all have it. I mean, Paul said, the things I want to do, I do not do, but the things I do not want to do, this I do. Oh, who will rescue me from this body of death? Well, it comes in the very next line. Mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how we will overcome that. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to uh, outweigh your good and bad, you're never going to get there. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says uh, that if you have transgressed the law in one area, you've transgressed the whole of the law. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then how in the world do you expect to balance the scales mm-hmm. in your favor yeah. to make your way into heaven, mm-hmm. right? So we've just got a minute. Is there anything you'd like to say before? And I'd like you to stay over for the next show. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, it's, it's great being here. Um, yeah, I just love talking about the Word. That's that's kind of what I'm always going to try and go back to is because uh, that's that's what I see. That's that's what changes people, right? As you Amen. said, uh, the Word of God is living, right? Right now it is moving in the lives of people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just what I, that's what I've just been growing in is seeing the Word of God uh, work in people's lives. Yeah, and and I am so grateful that there are people like yourself, young people who have taken up the mantle, who are going to carry that flag of Christ 
into the next generation. We don't know if tomorrow the Lord will return or he'll be 10 years. Mm-hmm. But So until we meet again, my dear friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.